0: my guardian angel and deceitful. With your permission, Lord Jesus Christ, truly present with us in the Blessed Sacrament. Our topic of conversation with our Lord, at first glance, comes across as a typical safe topic. I guess that's beginning with a little bit of negativity. Uh, I'm being spiritually passive aggressive bright and cheerful homes and I don't say that to uh, denigrate anybody but it's it's perhaps a topic coming out of an Amish home well I'm, that's because they're very Christian and or it's a topic that would come out of days gone by, bright and cheerful homes. And maybe in, on a superficial level there's just an implicit boredom there. You know. All right, we have to go through the topic. It's kind of a Pollyanna, Pollyanna-ish topic. Bright and cheerful homes where everybody is nice and uh, saying the right things and The worst expression of surprise or frustration is, oh, rats, (laughs) or oh, shucks, bright and cheerful homes, everybody obedient, cute, cheerful little girls and boys who make their bed and clean up their room. But... As we dig a little bit, and I think we all know this deep down inside, that the topic strikes at the solution for the church's problems, which we'll have until the end of time, and the big, big challenge of spreading the kingdom in the culture we live in. We could say that at any time, but if Especially now, where we have this colossal doctrinal ignorance of Christ. And in that celebrated encyclical, now it's a few decades old now, the where John Paul in his encyclical on the Holy Spirit says that not only people reject moral norms, derivations of the Ten Commandments, but see the natural law as hostile. Not only they ignore it, but they see it as hostile. And he says that uh, what marks our culture is since we see, or not we, but many, see that natural law is hostile, they see God as an enemy. And we Obviously, we, 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 lo- we love the church. We love the hierarchy. But we know, and it's, this is not a criticism, where the rubber meets the road is not a document, even though we want to read those documents and pray about those documents. And yes, we pray for all those synods, so the Holy Spirit speak to us. But I say this respectfully, when all is said and done, the rubber now, the rubber hits the road in the heart of the family. Good people, and I understand, We can't keep our head in the sand and ignore reality. They say, well, what do we do? Because it seems like the church is in crisis. And I say, say, well, we pray for the church, and it's Jesus' church, and the Holy Spirit guides the church. And then usually people lay people tell me that and i said but and i don't say that just to throw you a bone you are the hope of the new evangelization you are yes we clergy i'm not saying we're off the hook and i say it it sounds like a trendy way of saying it but i don't mean the meaning is not meant to be trendy we empower the laity what does that mean well we preach and administer the sacraments. So they go out in the front lines of the world and spread the gospel. And people ask the question, why did Jesus go so private for the majority of his years here on earth? Why didn't he live at least in Ephesus or Corinth? Why in Nazareth? One of the few villages never mentioned in the Bible, until Christ was lived there, when the Old Testament's not mentioned. And he's at home. He's a carpenter and he lives with his family until the last three years. Jesus that, the public life of Jesus was lived in his private life. And those, that last desire, one of the best-kept secrets, shouldn't be a secret because it's his last words. And it defines what a Catholic is. Catholic means universal. Be witnesses of me in Jerusalem and then Judea and into Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Make disciples of all nations. Those are his absolute last words. And he had those last words always on his mind. The whole purpose of his mission was to prepare his followers for those last words. And he shows us how to do it. That's why he lived at home. Those last words are are lived in a family environment. And what, what if I don't have a natural family? We create a family environment. I remember Blessed Alvaro, he wrote a Pastoral letter for people in Opus Dei and people in touch with Opus Dei on creating Nazareth. I mean, creating it in your own natural family. But if we don't have, our children are grown up or we're, we're not married and we don't have children, that we always create Nazareth around us. So that's the essence of fraternity of charity. And and Jesus had his new commandment on his mind from his conception. Love as I have loved. And he says, this is how you do it. You do it at home. You begin at home. And then you spread to extended families and friends and acquaintances. So that divine commission was always on his mind. Now, what is bright and cheerful home What's all that about? Well, here I'm talking about the, the importance of the laity, and I'm going to give you a clerical example. I apologize. But I have to take advantage of this conversation I had with a secular Jewish woman. Very nice, but didn't believe in all that much. And uh, she was asking me questions and, you know, what we do and my routine every day and what did I study and how long did I study, that I get good grades, you know. And she had a friend with her, too, who was an agnostic. I said, well, what do you, I know you, I know you're Jewish and I know you're an agnostic, uh, what are you looking for in a Christian? No, I don't know. And I said, well, what are you looking for in a priest? And big pregnant pause. And I expected she was a really smart lady, you know, someone who was erudite, that's what I was waiting for. Not that I'm erudite, I'm glad you didn't say someone who's erudite because I would've been very embarrassed but I expected that, you know, was kind of academic. And... He said, well, I want to see a happy face. I want to be, I want to see a happy priest. He said, really? I, mean, I expected something a little bit more meaty. I said, no, but no, seriously. He said, I'm telling you, seriously. You asked me, I'm telling you. I want to see a happy priest, even though I'm not a Christian. So what does that mean? Well, I don't know. I don't think she was just applying that to priests, which I think implied there, I want to see a happy follower of Christ. And that's what our, your children, spouses, extended family, they want us, and myself as well, I'm supposed to create Nazareth as well, that I witness with my personality, not in a contrived way or an artificial way, that I witness that Christ is real, and I witness that Christ is real by being joyful. For some reason, I'm, I don't know why I didn't even put it on the paper. Maybe it is the guardian angel, the Holy Spirit, but I have another Jewish story this now, many years ago now this retired Jewish barber would come to my center and cut hair. And, and sometimes he'd come to cut hair and sometimes he'd claim not to cut hair, he'd just hang out, hang, would hang around. And uh, his name was Harry. And, no pun intended. And I said, Harry, we, you gave all of us a haircut last week. There's not much more to cut off. He said, oh, you're like my family. I go, great, make yourself at home. And he said, I love seeing happy faces. He had a hard life. And so he, he had a lot of qualities, but he was not exactly you know, Mr. Joyful, so he would find his, he said, I, I, he said, I'm not a joyful person. He was very honest. I'm not a joyful, but I want to see joyful people. I love seeing your happy faces. And you're, and, you, and you're like my family. You're very friendly to me. That's a witness. And now that the of Opus Dei is coming, the father, in fact, Harry came when the predecessor of this present father came. And, uh, He was encouraged to get a haircut just to keep Harry busy. And uh, Harry came the next week and he was uh, jovial and happy, which was kind of uh, unprecedented with Harry. I said, Harry, what's going on here? Are you on uh, special vitamins or supplements? He says, no. I'm still riding high because of your boss, he said. He said, uh, I was treated so kindly, so lovingly, I'm still happy because of that. And he assured me that by next week it'll go away. But at least he was in a jovial mood for maybe a week or two, which he was correct. It did finally ebb away. The, the why, what does bright and cheerful home have to do with this new evangelization and changing the world? Because the bright and cheerful home that I have to create gives an experience of Christ. And everyone, especially members of our family, will gravitate towards Christ if they see us Warm, affectionate, and cheerful. We're a capital audience. Every single one of us wants that. And if I'm not too quick to make a value judgment, with one of the few sins left, um, that especially the, the, the father, the father has to set that tone and, you know, when Paul calls him the head of the family, I believe he is the head of the family. But don't forget, being head in Christian circles is different than being head of a group of Gentiles. As Lord, he says it's not the authority of the Gentiles that lords them over. The authority of the follower of Christ consists in, in service and charity, that we, we're head of the family. We're fathers because we lead in service. I mean, it's an authority, but it's an authority of love. It's an authority of joy. It's an authority of good example, and obviously it applies to mothers as well. What do I do, Lord? I ask that question. What do I do to create that ambiance of Nazareth? Or to put it in superficial terms, perhaps, that on some level I'm fun to be with. Poor Saint Therese. When they were opening up her canonization process, they were interviewing some of her fellow sisters, and one of her fellow sisters doubted that she was a saint. and, and the I think the postulator asked her, "Well, why do you have your doubts?" Because she was simply fun to be with. She was. She was basically she was a lot of fun. And the postulator said, "Well, believe it or not, that's that's a plus." So anyway, uh, we we want to be fun to be with. Again, without you know being overbearing, you know we have to temper that fun to be with. I mean, I don't know, everybody's different. I don't want someone too fun before I have my coffee in the morning. You know, someone whistling and singing and you know revealing my own defects. But you know you have, we have to temper that. We have to be bright and cheerful, but in a normal way that squares with the temperaments and the likes and dislikes of our family and our friends. But what's the first line of attack? What do I do? Saint Jose Maria, says in the way, "Let the hearts." of them rejoice who seek the lord there you have light to help you discover reasons for your sadness you are unhappy think there must be an obstacle between god and me and you'll seldom be wrong so what saint jose maria is doing and let's put this a little bit in a historical perspective Life was a real downer when he wrote the way. You know, and he's talking about joy, and he is, doesn't mention that, well, if you have the problems I'm having, you can understand why you're morose. You know, if you're polishing off almost half the priests of Spain, you could understand why,, you know, I'm not in the best of humor. He doesn't mention that, the persecutions and the hardships. The, the, the hunger. He says it it's in function of our relationship with infinite life, which is God and the revelation of joy which is Christ. Christ is life, He is everlasting life. I need to tap into that life. And so Saint Jose Maria th- says that, uh, our love, he's almost. I'm going to paraphrase just so it's tailored to an American audience. It's not the exact quote from Forge. But he says, uh, I'm going to paraphrase and interpret a little bit. He says, Don't write yourself off. You know, I just don't ha- have what it takes. I'm not a warm and fuzzy guy. Or I'm not a people person or I don't know how to warm up to people. St. Osborne said, ignore that. Reject those thoughts. He says that our love, starting with our family, our manifestation of love and our manifestation of joy, is in function of my piety. So I have to always begin with that bright and cheerful home with my own relationship with our Lord, And I think we can honestly say that if the piety isn't there, we should not be surprised that I cannot create an ambiance of joy. Because joy doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from, okay, hop to it. I'd be terribly unfair if I said hop to it. Come on, you could do it. For it to be real, it has to be based on piety. Piety. And so I, I need to see my prayer and my Eucharistic devotions, my, you know, what, what we call the plan of life, the plan of joy. This is a service to my family. I, and what do I want to do? Day in and day out, I want to give those who have children, grandchildren. Or No, the only people I have are my friends because I don't have Right now, I don't have children with me, or I'm not married, or I'm celibate for the kingdom of God, whatever it is. I need to reveal Christ to them through my joy, and our Lord is the one who says that they will know that you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. And St. Thomas Aquinas says that the salient property of charity is joy. Thomas Aquinas. And let's read these words of our Lord, here, he's ready to depart from this world, it's his last supper, his last words, and he tells, basically he tells his apostles that they need to lead with, with joy, and he promises them that they have to be contemplative, they have to speak to him and meditate on his life and unite themselves by meditating on the words of Jesus. And they have to unite themselves to the vine. And then they'll be able to love as he is loved. And how does he love? By exuding this happiness. And let's read what he says. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. It's my joy. My joy be in you. It comes from me. That's what Jesus is saying. And that your joy may be full. One brief, you know, I, those who knew St. Jose Maria. I've mentioned this before, but it's it's germane to our topic, and it, and it and it falls in line with the importance of union with Christ. I guess after seeing Blessed Alvaro, and, and a little experience with St. John Paul, and reading about Blessed Guadalupe, uh, but there was a time where I thought, you know, oh, the saint is unapproachable. I mean, they're just in the stratosphere, spirit stratosphere, you know. Oblivious to temptation, and you know, so unworldly, you know. Food means nothing. Sports means nothing. Health means nothing. And they always have, you know, a very, very mystical response to everything. And uh, and so I asked because I was gonna, I was supposed to preach on Saint Jose Maria. So I, they're, they're a very endangered species. Those who knew Saint Jose Maria. And I and I remember two serious people, two of them, at different times, where I asked them, well, you know, what what was your first impression if you could just give a little bit of a an experience, you know? And both of them said, well, one said he they both said fun to be with. Ah, yes, he corrected, yes, he exhorted, yes, all those kinds of things. And that's what creates Nazareth? And, that, and the joy is not just the clownish joy. I'm happy being with you. I'm and beginning with your wife and children, if, that's, if you have wife and children, that they see he's always happy when he's with me. He's always happy to see me. The bright and cheerful home. But we, we um, go to the Blessed Mother, cause of our joy, It's no accident that Mary reveals her inner self through her Magnificat. And what does she say? Almost immediately, my soul rejoices in God my Savior. Mary, pray for us. Cause of our joy, help us connect with your Son and create that atmosphere of your Son, that atmosphere of the new commandment, so that we push this kingdom forward in this adventure of the new evangelization. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.